Hi, I'm Matt McMurray, driver of the number 90 Spirit of Daytona Racing Catalog DPI VR in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And you're listening to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Let's go racing. The opinions and views expressed on Speedway Sounds are not necessarily those of KUCI, its management, UC Irvine, or the University of California Board of Regents. Hello, car fanatics in Irvine, Orange County, California, the United States, and around the world. It's time for the most famous words in motorsport. Here to give the command to start today's show is UC Irvine engineering student and anteater racing team member, Tristan Cortez. Drivers, start your engines. This week on Speedway Sounds, last quarter I interviewed Vaz Frenation of Andy to Racing about the team's annual competition in Lincoln, Nebraska. Team member Tristan Cortez and George Bishara joins me today to update us on how the competition went last week. I'll also have rapid recaps of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race at Sonoma and the Formula One World Championships return to France, as well as a look at this weekend's Sailing Six Hours of the Glen round of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. All that and more this week on Speedway Sounds. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to Series 7, Episode 1 of Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Happy Tuesday, June 26th. I'm your host, Noah Stein, and thanks for tuning in. So first, I'll give you the rapid recaps of NASCAR and Formula 1 from this past weekend. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series visited its first of three road courses this season in Sonoma, California, for the 30th annual running of the Toyota Save Mart 350. Kurt Busch started the weekend strong by winning the rare trophy given for best practice speed on Friday, one of only a few trophies given for practice throughout the year. In Saturday's qualifying, Kyle Larson won the Sonoma Pole for the second year in a row, besting in descending order of qualifying position Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott, Chip Ganassi Racing teammate Jamie McMurray, AJ Allmendinger, and Kevin Harvick. At the drop of the green flag, Truex quickly took the lead from Larson, who fell back to ninth. Just before the end of the first stage, Truex and his closest competitors went to pit road before it was closed two laps prior to the green checkered flag, knowing that it would guarantee them track position to start stage two, once those who stayed out pitted under yellow. AJ Allmendinger, who has had a lackluster point season so far but is exceptional on road courses, stayed out to claim the stage win and 10 bonus points. The promising race for Allmendinger fell apart on a stage two restart when he blew his engine on a missed shift, and he finished last as a result. Jamie McMurray also suffered mechanical problems at that time and failed to continue. Harvick chased down and passed Truex towards the end of the stage, but both repeated their strategy and pitted before the end of the stage, hoping that the points given up for the stages would put them in prime contention for all of the points at the end. This allowed Denny Hamlin to inherit the lead and win stage number two. Harvick and Truex traded the lead during the longest stage until Truex and his team, running second with 40 laps to go, faked that they would be pitting next time by. Harvick's team, listening into the radio, decided to beat Truex down pit road. Truex crew chief Cole Pern called the pit stop off, leaving Truex out on the track. When Truex finally pitted several laps later, he left with much fresher tires than Harvick, ensuring Truex his third victory of the season. After Harvick, the top 10 were Clint Boyer, 
Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Eric Jones, Eric Almarola, Alex Bowman, and Denny Hamlin. The Cup Series continues this weekend at the Chicagoland Speedway. Also on Sunday, Round 8 of the Formula 1 World Championship took place at Circuit Paul Ricard in Le Castellet, France. This was the circuit's first time hosting F1 since 1990 and the first Grand Prix in France since 2008. Lewis Hamilton had a flawless qualifying in race, adding his 75th pole position and 65th Grand Prix win to his resume. This was also the 26 different Grand Prix he has won. Behind him, there was calamity for the frontrunners. Sebastian Vettel of Ferrari collided with Valtteri Bottas' Mercedes, sending both to the back of the field with nose damage and a punctured tire, respectively. More calamity ensued for all three of the Frenchmen in the race. First, Roman Grosjean's Haas and Force India's Esteban Ocon collided entering Turn 1, and Toro Rosso's Pierre Gasly then collided with Ocon a few corners later, ending both of their first home races in a collision together. Roman Grosjean, driving for Haas, failed to finish in the points after a five-second time penalty for causing the first collision. Although he had his best finish of the year in 11th, he is still one of only two drivers to have not yet scored a single point this season. On the other hand, his teammate Kevin Magnussen finished 6th, increasing his and the team's point total to 27. Sebastian Vettel made his way back up to 5th, and Botas finished 7th. Max Verstappen of Red Bull Racing and Kimi Raikkonen of Ferrari held station to complete the podium. With Hamilton's third win of the season, he is now 14 points ahead of Sebastian Vettel. This is shaping up to be one of the best championship battles in years, with both Hamilton and Vettel going for what would be their fifth world championship. That's it for the rapid recaps this week. Let's go on to our guest today. My first guest today has just returned from the Formula SAE competition in Lincoln, Nebraska, where he worked on the UCI student-built race car called Phantom. He has been a member of Andy Racing since fall 2016 and just finished his sophomore year at the Henry Samueli School of Engineering at UC Irvine. Regular listeners also know him as the Speedway Sounds F1 analyst. Welcome back, Tristan, to Speedway Sounds. Hello, Noah. It's great to be back on again. All right, and my second guest today has also worked on the Fandom Car at Anita Racing. He just graduated from the Henry Samueli School of Engineering, and he has just finished his, I believe, his fourth year working on that project. He joins hey, me via great phone. To be here. Welcome, George Bishara, to Speedway Sounds. Hey, George, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you. All right. Great to have you both on today. So first, please take me and the listeners through the last few days of preparation and packing for the trip to Lincoln. Tristan, I'll have you go first. Yeah, so the last few days were pretty crazy. We had a, quite a bit to do on the car still, so we pulled quite a few all-nighters trying to get the cart ready for competition. And then we still had to pack as well, so it was a really busy few days after finals as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, George, what was it like for you uh, getting ready the last few days before competition? What were you working on? Uh, it seemed like a deja vu from uh, last year's season, but uh, we were just getting the car. Uh, our primary focus was getting the car ready for technical inspection so we can land in Lincoln, take the car straight into the uh, judge's inspection, and hopefully pass on our first try. Tell me more about all the work, all the rush, all the panic. Is Was there any panic for the team going into the final days? Uh, there's always a panic, uh, but, you know, we just broke it down and we split it up however we could. Uh, with seniors graduating, things like that, we kind of broke the broke the work into night shifts, morning shifts. Had two crews working, basically Mac taking all the time and we could, uh, prepping the engine, prepping the body, 
prepping our aerodynamics package and making sure we were just in, uh, as ready as we could to get out there and compete. And Tristan, add a little bit more. Were you working on the day shift or night shift, or how is it going for you? Um, I was When I finished finals, I was there pretty much the whole day, you know, staying however long it took to get the car ready. So were you guys ultimately ready? Yeah, we were. We had to fix some stuff, though, as we when we got to Lincoln. The weather was not too great when we got there. We got to the hotel, and then we unloaded the car and then started working amidst pouring rain and lightning storm. So that was very interesting, but, uh, you know, whatever it takes to get the car ready. Wow, that's insane. That's insane. Working on a car in the rain. Uh, well, we had a tent, so we oh, were that's good. just, yeah. <laughs> Yikes, that, that sounded awful. Uh, George, what was that like, uh, making the trip up to Lincoln? How do you guys transport uh, your race car to Lincoln? So we threw the car in a trailer, and we, we basically towed the trailer out there uh, a 24-hour straight drive. Wow, so you, uh, you guys took turns, I bet? Yeah, we had about five to six passengers per vehicle, and, you know, one driver uh, swap, swap in a driver, get the other driver a rest, and have a, have a companion there just to make sure we're all awake and uh, get there safely. That's good. Sounds quite like the 24 hours of Le Mans that took place that same weekend as you guys were getting ready. Yeah, yeah. So the first step in the competition was tech inspection. Did it all go smoothly this year, or were there some hiccups? Well, I'd say it went pretty smooth. Our pace off uh, off the back was more accelerated than last year. We were able to get in earlier, went through the technical inspection, had a few changes we had to make, but they were very minor, not as big of repairs as last year, and Come Thursday morning, we were able to pass the technical inspection and get straight to tuning the car, getting the car ready. And for the first time that I can ever remember, we were able to get on the test track and get the car set up for the drivers and practice for the events we had coming up. Yeah, so Tristan, how much practice time did you all have before the first official competition at Lincoln? Oh, before the first dynamic event, yeah. you mean? Mm-hmm. Once we passed tech, like George said, we went straight to the test track and gave a... Our two drivers, well, George was one of the drivers, and then Matt Clark and then Matt McMurray, time to get used to the car before their respective events. And all was ready to go for the dynamic events? Yeah. First was acceleration. We did pretty well there. Um, we placed fourth in that event, and then autocross. Um, oh, yeah, wait, hold on. Let's talk about each each event. So acceleration, uh, acceleration, so it's kind of exactly how it sounds is it a zero to 60 test is it a, a certain distance it's a certain distance i uh i think it's 75 meters okay so just to clarify uh, if i remember correctly the fse competition is it's made up of several judged components that are if the car goes through each of these components some of them are dynamic events some of them are off track when the car's not actually running more business related if i remember george describe uh, some of the events for us please Sure. So uh, we have three static events. Those consist of a design, a sales, and a cost presentation that we uh, give the panel of judges. Um, And then we also have four dynamic events. Uh, The first one you mentioned was the acceleration, the 0 to 75 meter acceleration run, uh, a skid pad, which is like a figure eight kind of getting lateral G's on the car, an autocross time attack, and then a 22-kilometer endurance time attack. And the the endurance race consists of two drivers. Each driver does 11 kilometers. You drive them to the pits. They inspect the car, switch drivers, go out. And the second driver runs his second stint of 11 kilometers. 
definitely sounds like a vigorous competition for all involved. Yeah, definitely. When you guys finally got settled in, I'll ask Tristan this first and then George. Uh, Tristan, when you guys finally got settled in, what was the atmosphere like? What did you perceive out of the whole event? Uh, settle into the competition or just got yeah, to the just paddock? Like, get, or? Yeah, getting to the paddock, like, being amongst all the other teams. What was that like? Yeah, so I get into the paddock. You know, you see everybody else, you know, with their trailers, taking their cars off. But honestly, you can't really focus on that because we're focused on our own car, you know, trying to pass the technical expansion. That's kind of the big rush the first couple of days. And every, every other team is kind of, you know, zeroed in on, on the goal they have. George, what are your thoughts on walking into the event and, and being around all the other universities who are there competing against you? Uh, it was pretty uh, a pretty euphoric uh, experience off the back, just getting in there, the rush. Everyone's lined up with their trailers, every school, their logos on their uh, on their trailers, and we're lining up. But uh, like Tristan said, once we got there, we, we knew we were uh, ready for business. We knew we had a ringer, and we knew that we were just going to get ready, so... Once we parked, we just focused on ourselves. We got our car out. We got our paddock set up. And from there, it was just all focus on the team, all focus on the car. Everyone's looking around to see what they can do and looking for direction and seeing when's the next time we can go. We could just stand up and basically take our car to, to compete, basically, whether it be a static or a dynamic event or just going in, grabbing some parts as soon as we can to maximize the time we had. All right, so now I just want you guys to tell the story of the event a little bit. How did each of the events go? Were you guys happy with your results at first? And how did the competition evolve? Off the bat, it was, it was very exciting. We started off, we got through the technical inspection. After technical inspection, there's three other static inspections that you have to do. It's a, a tilt test. We passed that first try. Uh, a, noise, a DB test, basically your car can't be past uh, 110 dB. We passed that first try, and then a brake test. We got past that, so that was really exciting. After that, we got set up and got ready for the acceleration run, and we were wrestling some engine problems. We were we were running a little lean. We were troubleshooting. Uh, next thing you know, it's time to line up for acceleration, let the car cool down. Uh, it was our turn. We lined up, and next thing you know, we were... Uh, we were the second fastest acceleration, so that was really exciting. That really got the blood running for everybody. Oh, uh, wow. We went straight yeah. to the skid pad after there. We were able to recover from a really bad skid pad the, the year before and place a top 20 skid pad. That was exciting for us. We ended up in fourth place for the acceleration, so one of our, our best and a true testament for our um, our car. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Just that, you wanted to add something? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So in autocross, we finished 17th, but... I think we could have definitely placed in the top 10 because on Matt Clark's second run, he was on a, fl- a flyer, a really good lap. And the car, uh, as George mentioned, we had some engine trouble before acceleration, and the car unfortunately died with like just a little bit to go before the finish. So we got the previous time, which was still pretty good. That was but a- you, always, uh, you always get disappointed when you could have done better. Was that the first major technical difficulty of the event? Yeah, that was the that was the first major one we had to deal with, but we were able to work on that after the event and the next day. We were able to find a solution to that problem and mess with our engine control unit a little bit, change a few things, and the next day we put the car out on the test track to check it out, and it seemed like we solved the problem. So 
that was exciting. Um, so then we, from there, once we solved the problem, we had one more thing to focus on, and it was our endurance race. Our drivers had already, you know, studied the course. We were the 13th to last position to run the course. So at about noon, noon on Saturday, we went and lined up, and that's when our endurance event started. And uh, I could go into more detail about that if you'd like, or yes, please, please. Yeah, so that was our endurance. That was uh, what we were focusing on the most, and we put Matthew McMurray in, in the seat, and we were able to throw some ringers out there. Uh, it was really exciting. Got the whole team uh, really pumped up. First lap out there, we had already had the fastest lap by about three seconds. Uh, two laps later, after Matt got really comfortable in there, he was able to um, set his personal best about three seconds faster than that. Oh, wow. And, uh yeah, it was it was going really good. We were really uh, a really good testimony for UCI Racing and the car we built. We were able to show how fast it was. Um, unfortunately, we had technical difficulty. We uh, we nicked the cone and it damaged our front wing. And by the regulations of the FSAE competition, anytime you lose any part of your vehicle or break down, that's that's it for the race car. Oh, and no. unfortunately, that uh, the cone. Uh, tore off a piece of our wing, and that was the end of the day for us with, uh, uh, yeah. What about the wing made it, made it shatter when hitting a cone? What what about the track? Was it, or the speed? What, what factors contributed to that? So when we studied the course, we realized it was a very tight course and, um, uh, to maximize your speed through all the sections, it was really important to not compromise any one section in particular, or else you would kind of come offline and, um, Matt came in a little wide at the end of one, one straight into a, a tight section and just barely nicked the cone. Um, the front wings are pretty wide, so the line between you know where your tire's at, where the wings at, very tight. Uh, unfortunately, that that got us basically, and the end plate tore off of the airfoil. And once that gave, our bracket that supported the wing gave out, and the kind of funny the uh, the basically the plate just came off and was flopping around just holding on by a by a strand of steel kind of uh matt almost caught it in the cockpit almost want to notice but uh yeah ended up flying off and unfortunately the judges caught it before we did wow that's really unfortunate and and tristan i remember you describing last year on the show that endurance is one of the biggest and most important factors of the entire competition so this really hurt yeah, endurance is the most important event since we get the most points. And it's actually two events in one because it's endurance and efficiency. So after you finish endurance, you go to fuel and they pump out the fuel and see how much fuel you used. But uh, finishing endurance is really, really vital to get a good position in the competition. So, yeah, we, uh, we're really disappointed about that. So is that weekend over at that point? Was there anything left to do with the car? Um. Well, after that, uh, you know took group pictures um actually uh the piece of the front wing was like sitting by the track um and i i actually when they took a break for lunch i actually went to go get the the piece back oh really um yeah Yeah. so we could have that and uh, you know try to improve for next year Mm -hmm. but yeah that's pretty that's it's kind of a bittersweet moment (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a sad point in our interview right now, unfortunately. So let's, let's take a look at the overall experience. Where did you guys ultimately finish in the competition? Uh, we finished 38th out of overall. Out of how many uh, entrants? Out of, uh, out of 80 universities. 
Wow, that's that's still pretty good. That's uh, that's right around the top half. Yeah. Mm. But you guys, I remember had had very high goals for this year. Yeah, we did. We were we were shooting for top ten, but um, as a team and the car we built, we know that we were right there. And uh, just by holding that pace and finishing the endurance, we would have. We would, we looked at the scores. We would have fallen into seventh position. So you know. Uh, really good potential we had, and looking back, we have a lot to work off of. Yeah, proud of what we showed up with. And that would have been one spot or two spots ahead of uh, UC San Diego. That ended up being the highest UC school in the competition. George, <laughs> yeah, definitely going after them next year, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny. We uh, we had an overtake on them. Uh, we kind of have it caught on video. It's pretty interesting. Oh, really? <laughs> but we'll come. Yeah, we'll come back for them next year. Mm-hmm. So, George, if if I remember hearing correctly, you graduated UCI this year, so I expect that you'll not be part of the team next year. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, please reflect on your experience with Andy Racing over the years, and over and all that you learned, and and what you're going to take from this experience. Well, it's been a really exciting experience. Probably uh, my favorite part about being an engineer was being able to work on a race team with a bunch of my friends and. Um, all the all-nighters and everything, just pushing our engineering skills, pushing our willpower, basically, and um, that was very exciting. There was a lot to learn from. Starting off, I joined the team as a helper on the electronics, was able to learn about a lot about electronics on the car. Uh, then I stepped it up and got into engine development. That's where I was able to learn a lot about how engines work, how to how engines perform, how to increase their performance. And uh, this last year, I decided to be the chief engineer of the team, what really put me up to the test and uh, was able to develop my skills as a leader. And uh, all these skills have been really useful in getting internships and going out there and trying to find jobs in the racing industry, things like that. So looking back, there was no regrets at all and just happy for happy I had the opportunity to be a part of it and now I'll be moving on and see see if I can find another similar uh, project or something like that to work on. That's awesome. Briefly, do you have plans for your future you want to talk about? Well, the plan, the first plan is uh, just continue working at the company I'm at. I'm working at a company out in L.A. Uh, as a manufacturing engineer. I'm working for another company doing data acquisition for different race teams. Um, that's, I'm hoping that's going to help me get up on my feet as I'm able to kind of find my forte or what I really want to do. So as of now, I'll just be focusing on my two jobs and um, just basically stacking it up for the next few years and hopefully get up on my feet pretty quick. That's great to hear, George. Best of luck for your future as well. Thanks, though. Appreciate it. And Tristan, before we sign off here, since you'll be back next year, I want to say, I want to ask, what do you think is the one thing you might improve about the car next year? Well, I think we have a really good base. I think we just need, you know, some refinements, you know, improve the reliability because that that hurt us. Give more testing time to the drivers because I think we could definitely uh, benefit from that a lot and go even faster than we did and be even more competitive and give us ourselves a better shot. All right, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Tristan Cortez and George Bashara, thank you so much for joining me on Speedway Sounds today. Thanks, Noah. Great pleasure to be on here. All Thanks, right. Noah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, just real quick, I'm going to talk about this upcoming weekend, Sailing Six Hours of the Glen. As we were mentioning, Matt McMurray will co- be competing in that race in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship this weekend for Spirit of Daytona Racing. 
Qualifying will take place at 8.25 a.m. on Saturday. And the race will begin at 6.30 a.m. Pacific on Sunday, July 1st. It'll be aired in its entirety on Fox Sports 1, all six hours, running until 1 o'clock Pacific. And good luck to Matt in that race this weekend. That's it for this week on Speedway Sounds. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Speedway Sounds, all one word. Always wear your helmet and never ever drive distracted or under the influence. And please always wear your seatbelt. I'm your host, Noah Stein, and you're listening to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Coming up next is Natalie Vargas Rojas and her show, California Dreamin'.